We are on the Gemara, <coughs> on the bottom of Chav Vav and Bez, turning on to the top of Chav Zayin Amalav, 26b2 in the Art Scroll Gemara, turning to 27a1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. Uh, the Gemara is in the middle of a discussion of a Chalitza Psula, of a case where uh, there's, a, there's an option of doing Chalitza, but there is no option of doing Yibam, and the ramifications of such uh, situations. And so this is a a complicated uh, back and forth that we are going to see in the Gemara in, for the next couple of recordings. And so just as one in, brief introduction uh, to try to uh, understand uh, what we are studying, that it's going to be difficult, but uh, perhaps listening to the recording twice or to go through the article Gemara will help in terms of understanding of the Gemara. And ultimately, uh, these are difficult concepts uh, to really understand, uh, but we are committed to the Word of God, to the Torah, and uh, to understanding uh, these halachos, these various laws, and that it shows our love, really our love to understand truth and to understand Hashem and the Torah. So this, uh, hopefully we will keep that in mind as we go through these Gemaras. Just a, a quick review of Chalitza Psula, the case of Chalitza Psula, where there's an option of doing Chalitza, but there is no option of doing Yibam, Rav was of the opinion that when there's a situation of doing Chalitza, but there's no opportunity, there's no option of doing Yibam, uh, so then when there are multiple brothers, uh, if there's a case where there's multiple brothers, so then we say that you have to do Chalitza, because it's a Chalitza Psula, because it's a weaker form of a Chalitza, you have to do Chalitza with all of the brothers. All the brothers, there's a need to do chalitza with all of the brothers. Uh, so the case, just to review the case, the case was where there are three sisters who married three brothers. Uh, and then there, there are five brothers in total. There are two other brothers who are alive. And so each brother who's married to, to a sister, each one passes away one after another. And so the case is where one passes away, and then one of the live brothers, who's not married to any of the sisters, does chalitza. He had the option of doing yibam or chalitza. He ended up doing chalitza. Then another brother who's married to a sister uh, passes away. So let's say the brothers is Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. So Reuven, Shimon, and Levi are married to three sisters. So Reuven passes away. One of the other brothers, Yehuda, does yibam with Mrs. Reuven. And then... Shimon passes away, and the other remaining brother, let's say Yisachar, so he does also, he does Chalitza with Mrs. Shimon, and so he does Chalitza with Mrs. Shimon, even though he had the option of doing Yibam. But then the actual case of Chalitza Psula is when Levi passes away. When Levi passes away, so then Mrs. Levi uh, cannot do Chalitza with, cannot do Yibam with either one, because she is the sister of Mrs. Ruvain and Mrs. Shimon. She's the sister. Since she's the sister of the one that did Chalitza, each of them did Chalitza uh, to one of the other sisters. And so therefore it's the sister of the one that they did, they did Chalitza to. So that is a rabbinic prohibition to do Yibam because it's like it's a, it's a wife. It's a sister of a wife. It's like it's a sister-in-law, even though they did a Chalitza. But just like there's a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law after a person gets divorced, so then so to over here, after they do Chalitza, there's a prohibition, a rabbinic prohibition, to marry uh, the sister of of uh, the Chalutza. And so therefore, both um, Yehuda and Yisachar, the remaining brothers, 
cannot do Yibam too uh, with uh, with Mrs. Levy. And since they can't do Yibam with Mrs. Levy, according to Rav, the law is that this is a case of a Chalutza Psula, and therefore she has to do Chalitza with both Yehuda and Yisachar. Both of them, Yehuda and Yisachar, have to do Chalitza because this is a weaker form of Chalitza. That is all the opinion of Rav, which we discussed in the last recording. So now the Gemara discusses the opinion of Shmuel. U Shmuel Amar Shmuel argues, he says, Echad Cholitz Lekulon. As of now, the Gemara assumes, he says that one person could do Chalitza for all three of them. The Gemara will see, might change this position, but as of now, Shmuel's of the understanding of Shmuel is that, let's say, Ruvain, Ruvain, not Ruvain, sorry, the live brother Yehuda, he does Chalitza with Mrs. Ruvain. Then he can do Chalitza with Mrs. Shimon, even though they can't do Yibam because she's a sister of, of Mrs. Ruvain, and therefore she's a sister of the Chalitza, but still, they, even though they can't do Yibam, Shim, Shmuel still holds you could do Chalitza with only Yehuda, only one of the two live brothers. And then Mrs. Levi, then Levi passes away and and Yehuda could also do Chalitza with Mrs. Levi. So he could do Chalitza with Mrs. Levi and that would that would work. That is enough. So it seems to be, according to this, just from this line alone, that he just disagrees with this whole principle of Chalitza Psula. That even though there's no op- opportunity to do Yibam, we don't allow Yibam at least on a rabbinic level, we do not allow Yibam. doesn't make a difference. We still say, uh, we still say that you could do Chalitza with just one of the remaining brothers, with Yehuda. That's fine. And it seems to be that he does not hold of this principle called Chalitza Psula. However, the Gemara says that it does seem to be. It seems to be that he does hold of the principle, at least in a different context, with a different ramification. It seems to be that he does, does hold of this principle of Chalitza Psula. What is that case? So the Gemara explains... Let us see. We see that Shmuel does hold that you need a really a better chalitza. We shouldn't rely on a weakened chalitza on a chalitza psula. We could, we should have a better chalitza. How do we know? Damer Shmuel. Shmuel says, turning the page to Chavzayin Amid Aleph, 27A1 in the Arts Shul. This is the case. Chalat la'achios lo'niftru tzaros. So the case is as follows. Let's say we have two sisters uh, that fall to two brothers. So the case is as follows. Ruvain and Shimon are two brothers, and they were married to two sisters, to Mrs. Ruvain and Mrs. Shimon, and they were two sisters. They both pass away, and then they fall to Levi and Yehuda. So two sisters fall to two brothers. So Shmuel says that, um, and in addition to this, the other point is that Reuven and Shimon, who were married to two sisters, they also had other wives. They had multiple wives. Each of them had multiple wives. And so Shmuel says to do chalitza to a to to one of the sisters, to Mrs. Reuven's Mrs. Reuven, who is a sister of Mrs. Shimon, to do chalitza to the sister that will not exempt the tsara, the co-wife of Reuven or the co-wife of, of Shimon. With regards to chalitza, even though in general we say if you do chalitza to one of the co-wives, that exempts all the co-wives, but that does not apply if the chalitza is done to the co-wife who is the sister. Why not? Uh, because since that sister cannot do yibum, because there's no opportunity to do yibum, because if they both fall to the two brothers, we say you do not do yibum if there are two sisters that fall to two brothers, because the two sisters are sort of it's it's 
they are they both fall they both have the zika the strong bond to both brothers and therefore you're not allowed to marry uh, the one that you have that strong bond to their sister they're both sisters so therefore you cannot do yibum to them because it's when you do yibum to one it's like you're also marrying the other you have a strong connection with her sister and therefore you're not allowed to do yibum. Since you're not allowed to do Yibam, it makes it a weekend chalitza. So we say, if you were to do chalitza with uh, that sister, then it does not exempt the other co-wives. The other co-wives who are not related to any of Shimon's co-wives, that would not exempt them. H- however, if you do chalitza to a co-wife who's not related, so then that would exempt uh, the sister. That would be a normal case where that would exempt the sister because the co-wives, at least uh, it would seem that... Uh, it, it would be a better situation. There would be a, a potential for Yibam. The Gemara is going to discuss that in the next recording. Uh, but it would seem as though that there's the opportunity to do Yibam or it's not as big of a violation when it comes to a co-wife of the sister. So the Gemara asks the question. So then in our case, He says, I don't understand. So Shmuel does hold that there is a concept called the chalitza psula of a weekend chalitza. That's why he says if you did if you have multiple wives and you did a chalitza with the sister of the other brother's wife of Shimon, Mrs. Shimon, their sisters, and if you did a chalitza that wouldn't work to exempt the other co-wives. That shows that there's a ramification of a chalitza psula. So if that's the case, so then how could it be going back to the other case? Going back to the other case where there are three sisters who fall to Mrs. Ruven, Mrs. Shimon, Mrs. Levi, they fall to Yehuda and Yisachar. So how could Shmuel say that Yehuda could do chalitza to all three? He can't do chalitza to all three. It's a case of chalitza psula. This is a case of chalitza psula uh, where uh, there's no opportunity for Yibam after the first one. There's no opportunity for, opportunity for Yibam because it's the sister of the chalitz, which is a rabbinic prohibition. And since there's no opportunity for Yibam, this should be viewed as Chalitza Psula. It shouldn't work just for Yehuda to do Chalitza. This is a case of Chalitza Psula. So the Gemara has two answers. The Gemara gives two answers. We'll first do the first answer. The first answer says as follows. When we say that one should do Chalitza for all three, it doesn't mean for all three. It really is referring to the last one, meaning as follows. Yehuda does Chalitza with Mrs. Ruvain. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. He could have done Yibam. He chose to do Chalitza. Uh, Yisachar, who's the other alive brother, does Chalitza with Mrs. Shimon. That's what has to happen with Mrs. Shimon. And so he does Chalitza with Mrs. Shimon, which is fine. He could have done Yibam because he wasn't the one who did Chalitza to the first, to the wife of Ruvain. So he has the opportunity to do Yibam. He chooses to do Chalitza with Mrs. Shimon. He does that. Now comes Mrs. Levy, the third sister. So Mrs. Levy now is the uh, cannot do yibum with either one. So according to Rav, since they can't do yibum with either one, she has to do chalitza with both. Shmuel seems to argue. Shmuel says no, because it's a weakened chalitza for both, for both Yehuda and Yisachar. It's a weakened chalitza because neither one can do yibum. So therefore, it's like they're on the same page. They have the same level zika, they have the same level connection. It's a weakened connection, but it's the same level connection. So therefore we say, you only have to do chalitza with one. So he argues on Rav. He agrees to the principle of chalitza psula. But according to this explanation, this is the first explanation, but according to the first explanation, according to Rav, in a case of a weakened chalitza, you have to do chalitza to all the brothers. According to Shmuel, no. You only have to do chalitza. The principle here is saying 
that you should do chalitza which, with whichever brother or wife, meaning or sister-in-law, has the strongest level zika. That's the one you should do chalitza to, with the one with the strongest level zika. If there is, if they both have weakened level zikas, it's a weaker form of a zika, so then just do chalitza with one. And that would be fine. But the rule is to do chalitza with whichever one has the strongest level of zika. If they're both equal, so then just do one chalitza. Rav holds, no, you have to do chalitza to both brothers. Shmuel says, no, you don't have to do chalitza to both brothers. It's enough just, uh, if they both have a weakened zika, just to do one. So the Gemara just asks, if we're only referring to the third case, when we say that Ruvain can do chalitza to Mrs. Levi, sorry, Yehuda can do chalitza to Mrs. Levi. Yehuda did chalitza with Mrs. Ruvain. He could also do chalitza with Mrs. Levi. Or Yisachar could do chalitza with Mrs. Levi, even though he did chalitza already with Mrs. Shimon. So it seems like Shmuel is saying that everybody, that Ruvain, that, sorry, that Yehuda could do chalitza with all three. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying he could only do it with two, with the first one or the last one, or the second one or the last one. So the answer is, Kevin Deruba Gabe, Karli Kulam. Because uh, Yisachar or Yehuda is doing two out of the three, so it's viewed as all of them. The majority is called all of them. So somebody's doing two out of three. Either one, either Yisachar or Yehuda is doing Chalitza to the third one. And once they're doing Chalitza to the third one, that's two out of three, that's called all of them. But that's a, a side point in terms of just how to read that, that line of Shmuel. But in the end of the day, according to this first explanation, the idea is that, according to Shmuel, you have to do chalitza with the one that has the strongest zika, the strongest connection. The Gemara gives a second explanation for Shmuel. Vi ba'isema, or you could explain as follows. The way to explain the contradiction is to say as follows. Shmuel says as follows. We thought that we had a contradiction. The second answer is saying there's no contradiction. Shmuel says chalitza psula is only a problem to have a weakened chalitza is only a problem with regards to exempting the co-wife. But with regards to herself, she's fine. It's completely fine to be completely exempt and to marry somebody from the shuk, from the market, somebody else, as long as even if you just do a chalitza psula, a weakened level chalitza. You do not have to have chalitza with all the brothers. But only with regards to exempting the co-wives, the co-wives who have a stronger zika. If you want to exempt the co-wives, that you cannot do. That requires a chalitza from a different, from a, to, to the co-wife, to a separate chalitza to the co-wives. Because to exempt the co-wives, they have a stronger connection, that the chalitza psula, the weekend chalitza will not work. But to exempt yourself, that will work. And so Shmuel holds, you never need to go to multiple brothers. That's never necessary. But what would be necessary is to do chalitza to the tzara, to the co-wife who has a stronger zika. That is the end of that part of the Gemara. The Gemara now, goes back to this law of Shmuel, and it's going to give three different cases uh, where Shmuel applies his principle that it does not exempt the co-wife. When there's a weakened zika, when there's a weakened connection, it does not, to one wife, it does not exempt the co-wife. And we'll give three different cases. Gufa. First case is with the one that we already had earlier. Amr Shmuel Chalatz The first case is where, let's say, we have two brothers, and two sisters, meaning there were a total of four brothers originally, Reuven and Shimon, they passed away. Each one was married to multiple wives, but they also were married to two sisters. And then Levi and Yehuda are the live brothers. So we say, this is what we said earlier, uh, that if you did a chalitza to the, to the sisters, to any of the sisters, that will not work to exempt the co-wives because the sisters 
have a weakened zika, have a more much more weakened zika. So, but you could do the the chalitza, you could do the chalitza, the stronger chalitza to the sorrows to the co-wives who are not related, and that would exempt the sister. That's case number one. Case number two. The case is as follows. Uh, simple case. One brother passes away, uh, and th- there's another brother that's uh, alive. <coughs> that brother who passed away had multiple wives. One wife, uh, the brother, let's say Ruvain passed away, and Shimon was the live brother. Ruvain was married to Rachel and Leah. So Ruvain passes away. So uh, Shimon, who's the live brother, Instead of doing a chalitza or yibum, which is what's necessary, he did. He did. He threw in a wild card. He he did. He gave a get. He gave a divorce document, which really does not apply in these scenarios. He gave a divorce document that doesn't really work in this situation. It works when you're married to get divorced. You need a divorce document, but this is not even a marriage yet. It's not a complete marriage yet. And but he gave a get. So the law is that if you give a get to one of the wives, so then you're not allowed to do yibum. Once you give a get, even though the get is really on a biblical level, it's meaningless. But on a rabbinic level, they said once you gave a get. You have to do chalitza. Once you give a divorce document, that's the path that you're going down. You're not allowed to get, do yibum. So basically, he created a scenario for where for one of the co-wives, he's not allowed to do yibum because he already gave a divorce document. For the other wife, the other co-wife, he could do yibum because he didn't give a divorce document to her. So the law is that if he did chalitza to the the co-wife, which he already gave a get to, that would not exempt the other co-wife because it's a stronger zika. It's a stronger connection to the other co-wife. But if he gave... I, if he did a chalitza to to the other co-wife, that would exempt the the uh, the first co-wife who he gave a get to. Finally, the last case, case number three, and with this we'll close. So this is also a little bit of a complicated case, but the the rabbis, the rabbanon, they created a principle called mamar, which we've discussed in the past, where before you do yibum, you do some form of a rabbinic form of an engagement. So basically, you have a case, same case. Reuven passes away. Shimon is the live brother. Reuven was married to Rachel and Leah. And so Shimon, he did ma'amar to Rachel. He did ma'amar to Rachel, which is the rabbinic form of an engagement. But now, he says, you know what? I don't want to actually go through the yibam. I don't want to marry her completely. And so I will do chalitza. But it's not enough just to do chalitza. Once you did a rabbinic engagement, you now you need both chalitza. And then after the chalitza, you have to give a get. You have to give a divorce, an actual divorce document because on a rabbinic level, you did mama already, you already got engaged, you need a divorce document. So the chalitza does not work on its own. Even after you do the chalitza, there's still some sort of connection. And that's the main point. So therefore, if you did a chalitza with the one that you did mama to already, you had this rabbinic engagement, it's not a complete chalitza because you still need to give a get. It doesn't completely remove the connection. So that's not going to help for the co-wife. If, if Reuven had a co-wife, that wouldn't help to exempt the co-wife. But if you did a chalitza to the co-wife, that would act as chalitza for uh, for the other wife, who you already did mamar to, that would that would act as chalitza. And then all that's necessary, you still have to give the get. But it would be a sufficient chalitza. And then you would have to give a divorce document because you did mamar beforehand. So that would work. So these are three cases where uh, where uh, one co-wife has a weakened level zika because they can't do yibam, and the other co-wife doesn't. And so therefore we say do chalitza with the one that doesn't to exempt uh, the one that does have a weakened zika. Okay, we will continue with this topic in the next recording.